0: Aloha. I am so happy to be here with you today with Linda McDougal. Did I say that correctly? Thank you. I I should have checked with you before we started. (laughs) You are a very interesting person. You've written a book, The Spirit Method of um, Massage for Seniors. And I just think this is great. I at one point in my life was doing consulting work for a long-term care facility. And one of the things that we implemented was a massage program for the seniors. And it was fabulous. It helped them so much. And I think it's something people don't necessarily think about when people are older, you know, that that they could use massage, but boy, they they just thrived with them. It really brought them some happiness. And that's kind of the whole point, I think.
1: So tell us a little bit about you, Linda. Oh, I'm I've done a lot of things in my lifetime. I've got a master's in counseling psychology. Um, I interned on an alcohol and drug unit. I'm a holistic health practitioner, as well as a massage therapist for seniors and the disabled. Just a lot of stuff I've done in my background working with both uh, the developmentally disabled and now the seniors who have some of the same issues or similar issues, Similar issues. What kinds of issues specifically? Uh, They use lots of the same drugs. Uh, They use the walkers and all that, that a lot of my developmentally disabled did, the wheelchairs. But I find that uh, my developmentally disabled had a lot more supports in those wheelchairs. I don't find the seniors even know about them.
0: Wow. What kind of support could the seniors
1: use with, with the wheelchairs? They could use seat belts. Some of them slip right out and onto the floor. Hmm. Uh, they could use trunk supports. A lot of them slump forward, so they could use uh, their posture supports in the wheelchair. Some of them have heads that go down. There are head supports as well. I mean, developmentally disabled have them everywhere, and my poor seniors just flop around. <laughs> I don't know how else. they flop around. I think that's
0: kind of one of the unfortunate things in our society today is that we don't pay enough attention to our seniors and that's why I'm so tickled about the the massage for seniors because that's that's such a, a good way to to pay attention to the seniors and what they can use it's it gets to be kind of a out of sight, out of mind thing where where people just don't, especially when they can't communicate as well as they used to, people just don't come around. So what do you find with the massage for
1: seniors? What are the benefits? Oh, just like I said, the power of touch itself is immense, especially with those who don't get it that much anymore, except maybe in a custodial fashion. So just knowing that somebody is going to be there for 30 minutes, pleasing them, making them maybe a little less painful, maybe a little, just a little more attention. Some of the seniors I've worked on have paid me just to put oil on their backs because they were so dry. And the staff can do it. But oil by itself usually doesn't really cure that for very long, if at all. I found CBD oil does. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. That would be good. I have itchy legs when we get the Santa Ana's rolling around here in California. And you can put all the oil you want on or all the creams, whatever. And it comes right back to itching in just a few minutes. But I tried CBD oil that I use on my clients one night and it took it away. (laughs) Wow. That's, that's a great hint. Thank
0: you. I, I can use it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know you just reminded me of when I was in nursing training, one of my careers. One of the first clinical assignment that I had was on, on an orthopedic ward. And there was a, a lady there who had had a hip fracture. And I would go in, and when she was assigned to me, we because we were nursing students, we got to pay a lot of attention to our patients in a way that nurses don't necessarily. And I asked her if she'd like me to rub her back, and she said, oh, please. And she had this oil of Olay lotion, and I used that because that, that was her just favorite thing in the world. And she just, you could just feel her melt into it. She was so relaxed, and she was so grateful. She said that I just couldn't understand how what that did for her that it, it meant so much for her to be touched to have her back rubbed that it was so good for her and so I, I made a point even even when she wasn't directly assigned to me as long as I was on that unit I'd go in and give her a back rub every day and and to change her life is it for the, the moment you know when when I was there that uh, it could bring her so much comfort and it, it wasn't any style or technique or anything I was using. It was just the touch that we long for. And, and seniors, uh, unfortunately, just don't get touched near enough. If we could just hold hands or, or do something. I actually, with the, the pandemic, I've gotten away from touching people kind of in, in general. And the other night I was, um, a friend was here and uh, we were outside. And she was trying to remember something, and I could tell she was having a hard time standing up. She's had multiple fractures and leg injuries, and she's older, and she's just having a lot of challenges. And she was having a problem with her memory right then, and she was leaning on the table close to me with her hand. So I just took my hand and put it on top of her hand. And I could just feel her relax just like that. And it was like she could stand up a little straighter. She was able to recall what she was thinking of. And I thought, boy, if if we could just touch people more, that, that would be a wonderful gift to them. And to me, it made me feel good to see her feeling better just by that simple act.
1: Yep. It's something I see quite often. And it's wonderful because they don't get touched. They don't get held they don't get that personal attention and so they love it and they just you know you can get rid of some of their aches and pains a little bit and the cbd oil helps a lot with that too and they just melt into it as you said they they just adore it
0: that's
1: wonderful makes me (laughs) yeah yeah it does it's good for the the giver as well as the receiver exactly and you're exchanging energies with that person. So there's, there's a give and take there anyway. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, tell us about your book. Why did you write it? Who's it for? What does it do? Uh, well, it's The Spirit Method of Massage for Seniors, Raising the Bar, a primer for massage therapists and caregivers. And I put both in because I find that when I'm working around caregivers, they don't know what I know about the body. And so I would just play, I um, can't remember the name I wanted to use, but anyway, I have to redo everything every week, or if that's how often I'm going, because they don't understand the body enough to do it, do anything to maintain it while I'm gone. So I'm doing it over and over and over again. So there really needs to be a continuation. Like if I'm in a retirement home, there needs to be a continuation program. Uh, One of the things I find is that the retirement homes do not utilize their contractors like they ought to. I came from the world of the developmentally disabled. I ran two group homes for 11 years. We would have meetings once or twice a year for each client, and it would include everybody, including the client, that had anything to do with that client. So we got input from the whole crew of whoever was working with them. And we could make a plan then for what they needed and what they were willing to do to meet that need, et cetera, et cetera and senior homes don't do that. I come and go as a ghost, so my clients get get me for half an hour or whatever it is, and that's it no it's it's odd to me that we don't have that for our seniors. It seems like it would be like a wonderful
0: organization to start or a branch off of an organization that maybe already exists of massage therapists. I know when, when we brought it into the facility where I was consulting, it was the idea of a massage therapist that I knew, and he had had special training. I don't remember exactly how they called it elder massage, something like that. And he wanted an opportunity to use it. And so we, we set up a whole program where we mailed out letters to the people who were responsible for each of our residents there and told them that we had the service that we could offer them and this is how much it costs and this is how often they could get it and that, that sort of thing. And we had a wonderful response to it. The people wouldn't necessarily come visit their people, but maybe it assuaged their guilt a little bit to, to pay for them to have the massage. But whatever it was, it, it really worked. And it, it seems like if there could be something where that could be an organized
1: plan to go to, to facilities with. Well, it, it is. It's just not being done by me. I had tried to do that for my whole 16 years, and I haven't been able to ever get it off the ground during the pandemic I found a lady on LinkedIn who was just beginning to get it off the ground. Well, she's flying now nationwide. She's mm. going. Wow. And she and I have connected, and we love each other. We have the same. She loved the book. In fact, it's going to be mandatory reading in her stuff. You know, in oh, her wonderful staff, things like that. So it's going to be starting next year. So hopefully, I'll see some return on that. But. That's. I wrote it because I saw so much that wasn't being seen by the people around the clients. I had a Parkinson's client, very tall gentleman, who for some reason was given this little tiny recliner chair to sit in. I mean, it would have fit my one of my diminutive women, but instead it was mm. given to him and he put his feet on the ground and his knees would be almost equal to his oh, feet. Wow. They also had a very small table next to him with a very low lamp, and he liked to read. And so he'd be bending over to be un- Oh, wow. His knees would be over. His whole body would be contorted just to read, and he read every day. And I could not get that taken care of before he died. He died just at the beginning of the pandemic. Not from the pandemic, though. So it was just really sad to me that I couldn't get people to understand what that was doing to him. He already had a body that was bent in getting more and more dysfunctional, and they were not helping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's tragic.
0: There needs to be a way that we can get the word out better I know in the facility that, that I consulted, I was uh, consulted in quality assurance. And it was my job to make the facility be the best it could. It was privately owned and they wanted to be exemplary. And that's not usually the case. If there's, there's a chain, they, they want to do the least that they can for the amount of money that they get, as opposed to the most that they can. And it's it's a whole difference in philosophy. And I'm I'm not sure how easy it would be to change that philosophy, but boy, it would
1: be a gift to society if, if we could do that. Well, I'm talking to a lot of the younger people coming up in the industry who are wanting to change it. So I'm hoping I have a minor amount of influence there, at least, because I've mentioned some of these things to them and they hadn't even thought of it. So I'm going, well, maybe yeah. before I leave this planet, I can have an itty bitty amount of intention toward
0: change. And that would be wonderful. I just happened to see, I just thought of it, a commercial on TV that was for, I wish I could tell you the name of the organization because I would, but it's it's a business who helps caregivers who are taking care of loved ones at home. They, they need stuff and they're kind of like a clearinghouse where you can go to them and say, I need something to do this. And they'll say, Oh, well, this product would work. And so they're, they're basically selling products, but I would think that they could sell services too. And that might be a wonderful way to have people that um, like have the advanced training in the, the elder massage or a therapist, even who've read your book that could use the spirit method that they could provide services as well as providing things to caregivers. That might be a real interesting route to uh, pursue to have somebody else be doing the selling for you or the therapist that all they have to do
1: is do the therapy. I got that, I hope, in a brand new collaboration with uh, the Parkinson's Resource Organization. Uh, They reached out to me because they have nobody in this county and they wanted They've got enough clients, they said, in this county. I haven't heard from any of them yet, but yeah. <laughs> Brand new collaborations. It's only what, maybe, maybe three weeks old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's it's starting and I just did a podcast the other day for caregivercamps.org. I believe it's dot org. Ooh. And so they do something unique in that they go to the corporations who are whose employees are caregivers when they go home or caregivers, whatever around somebody in their families. So that was an interesting take, and they're interested in working a little bit with me and see what we can do together. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, there's so many different brand ways. This can go, and then of course the therapist. Which my book is for therapists, but it's also got a lot of holistic stuff for caregivers to think about, and and just ways to deal with somebody who maybe doesn't talk well, and you you're in a hurry. Well, you can't be in a hurry with somebody like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Down and and do like I did with one that I had. That he was so sweet, but he was dying of some very rare disease. And he had been a brilliant gentleman. I wish I would have known him before, but then I would hate to have seen him gone downhill like that. Yeah. But I got him when he could barely speak. And he gets so excited when I showed up that he'd have trouble speaking, period. Mm -hmm. And I tell him, okay, you know, I'm going to be here for half an hour. So take some deep breaths slow down. And when you're ready, try to tell me again what you're going to say. And if I couldn't get it, then I'd ask him, what's the subject? And I'd start asking him, you know, questions like that. So I could at least get a handle on where he was trying to go. And then I could ask more in-depth questions about, okay, what were you wanting about that? What, one word, what (laughs) what did you want to ask? But he was so sweet. Mm. And worked with him the best I could. And there were times I could not understand him. And it was heartbreaking for both of us. But we tried and we did our best. Yeah. Trying
0: is is a big part of it. I think a lot of people just don't try because they don't see immediate results. I used to have a, a challenge with the employees at, at the facility because they didn't want to talk to the patients that didn't talk to them. If the patient, are not patients, residents were supposed to call them. If the residents didn't say anything, they just Figured they didn't want to talk and they wouldn't even try to communicate, and it's it's so important. A lot of times people don't don't hear another person's voice speaking to them hardly at all, and it's just such a vital part of life. It's something I think we need to pay more attention to,
1: and that people need to realize maybe they have a hearing problem, mm-hmm. maybe they have that's right, lay attention. I mean, I have an auditory processing disorder, which people don't realize until. I really get stuck. And I usually don't. But if there's too much coming at me in one speech, (laughs) something can catch my attention and I'll go off on a little trail on that till I catch what it was. And then by the time I drop back into the conversation that's going on, I've missed a big chunk. (laughs) You know, that's, that's. I'm glad you
0: told us about that because that's the sort of thing that people don't think about when it comes to communicating why why is a person not speaking to you or what are they saying or or whatever it is i know i was just thinking about my mom she stayed with me quite a bit until the last couple of months of her life. And then she really wanted to go home. We had kept her her house for her because she kept saying she wanted to go back. And I told her always, you can go back whenever you want to, as long as you agree to have somebody in the house 24 hours a day with you because of the situation she was in and she wouldn't agree to it. So she stayed with me. And finally she she realized that she didn't have that much longer and she really wanted to go home. So we were able to get people to, to take care of her, but I spent so much time with her during that time, and she had always been, I don't know whether it was her age and or how she was brought up, but she wasn't used to being touched. My grandmother would hug me when I was little, but I don't remember any other adults in my life hugging me until I was out on my own. It just wow. wasn't done. It, people just didn't do that. And mom would just, if, if you'd reach out to like put your hand on her arm, she'd pull back. she just wasn't used to being touched. And she happened to be staying with me when I was working on this project with that facility. And I said, how about if we get a massage for you? I could even have him come here to the house and it would be really, absolutely not. There was no way in the world she was going to let somebody touch her. And I tried so hard to talk to her about, you know, how, how much better she could feel. And she wasn't able to receive that. And they when once she got to her house, she she declined rapidly. So the people that were staying with her really did a lot of the actual physical care that I didn't have to do so much because she wasn't at that point while she was still at my house. But when I, I would go several times a week there to see her and be with her, and I would take the opportunity to put my hand on hers, not necessarily hold her hand. There was something different about me just touching her than the act of holding hands. But I could do that and i actually was had my hand on her arm the whole process when she was going when she actually transitioned and i was really grateful that i had that and i i could kind of because i had had so little touch from my mom throughout my life it was it was really nice for me to have that connection there at the end but we i know we always have to take into account the different things that people can tolerate and what they can't. And I I know I have one friend now who is um specializes in watsu. Oh. And yeah, she said that that's the water massage. Is that how you describe it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And she loves the, the older people because a lot of them can't move very easily on their own just on ground, but when they they are loosened up and supported by the water, they can move more and they get great relief from the watsu. And I'm sure that there aren't any long term term care facilities out there that have a pool where they could have therapy in. But wouldn't it be wonderful if if there was something like that where they could?
1: On a warm pool, doing some watsu and then followed up with CBD oil massage just for oh wow. That would have them feeling pretty good, I think. That sounds like heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what else would you like to tell us? Well, I need people to understand about medications and what they take from the body that can cause depression and can cause lethargy and, and can exacerbate a depression that may not have been recognized before, but it gets worse because of the medications. Most medications, including over-the-counter, take away nutrients. And if you don't replace those nutrients, all sorts of things can go wrong with the body, which cause more medications. (laughs) And it becomes kind of a death sentence of meds because you're not replacing. We as, as seniors do not metabolize as well, do not digest as well, do not utilize as well with any of the foods or anything else we're taking in. Our our acid in our stomach is nine times out of 10 lower than it was when we were younger. So we're not breaking down the foods well, which breaking them down is what gives us the nutrients and the proteins and everything. So we don't even break down our meds as well. And the meds stay in our system longer. They, there's a half-life to most meds where they stay in the body a certain amount of time, but since we don't even digest them well, sometimes they stick around longer in older folks. So there's just all sorts of things with the meds that people really need to realize so that they can help the seniors replace those nutrients in good fashion. There are all sorts of meds that that can worsen depression. And those include some blood pressures, some beta blockers, high cholesterol meds, tranquilizers, calcium uh, channel blockers, Parkinson's disease meds, sleeping pills, on and on and on. And you just need to know. And Prozac, which is supposed to help with depression, it does in some people, but I've known some people where they became so anxious on those meds hmm. they darkened their whole house, they closed all their windows, turned off all the lights and were found crawling on the floor. Oh wow. yeah. So Prozac in, in particular apparently has varying results depending on the person and what it does to their particular body.
0: You know, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how doctors handle prescribing meds, especially to older people who they're not communicating really well with. They'll give them a prescription or call it in and say, here, take this. And of course, the, the pharmacy has a great big printed out thing that they should read and know. And they they allow you to talk to a pharmacist. But I know a lot, I I've watched when standing in line at the pharmacy... When the pharmacist, they offer to let somebody, like an older person in particular, talk to the pharmacist and they don't do it because they look over and they see how busy they are and they don't want to bother them. They don't want to disturb them. They probably may not be able to see the little tiny fine print that the the information that they give you on so that they can get a whole lot of it into a small place. They can't necessarily understand it or process it. There, there just has to be a better way of um, helping people deal with their medications so that they can help them the best. Agreed. I think a lot. Yeah, a lot of times I think we're, we're wasting money on medications because they're not being utilized effectively because the, the patients just don't have any understanding of why they're taking them, what it's supposed to do for them. They can't notice whether they've got side effects or not because they can't read the small print to see what the side effects might be. So that's that's a really big deal. The other thing I wanted to ask you to tell people is what does the SPIRIT method stand for?
1: Oh, let me get the book itself and go through. SPIRIT is, as each letter of that is a section in the book. And under that section are like 10 to 12 questions and answers. So S is for seniors, because I find a lot of people don't understand S at all. <laughs> They they, like, like you said, but they don't know that we're not, maybe not hearing them and just think, well, well, she's not interested and walk off. P is for physical issues and pathologies that we have. I is for informed inspiration. R is for respect. I is for infirmity and identity. And infirmity and identity is a really important thing you need to really understand about people in general but seniors in particular. And T is for tools of touch. But the physical problems or even mental problems and identity is really important because you're gonna find that's gonna cause depression and grief too. There's a lot of losses in in the lives of seniors. If if we've lived as long as we have, (laughs) we've lost people, places, things, all that were who we were that defined who we were. I lost my parents back in 2007 and 2008. I've lost aunts, uncles, oddly enough, I still have one. I'm 73. I have one aunt left. She's I think 96 now. Wow. And I lost my sister in August and she's a younger sister or was a younger sister. And she had been dying actively dying for about 10 years. Wow. Just took her a long time to go. And between you, me, and the fence post, I think part of it was a passive suicide. Mm -hmm. She talked to me and to her oldest child about suicide, because she was a very intelligent attorney who really needed to feel needed. And she did that with doing her divorces and things and taking on the championship of the underdogs and all this. And she got ill enough so she couldn't stand in court. Mm. Leg started swelling up and retaining fluids and everything. And so she couldn't stand anymore. And so she had to stop going to court. So she transitioned into counseling those who couldn't afford a whole slew of attorney fees on how to divorce on their own, what steps were and how to get through that whole process. She did that for as long as she could. And then she finally gave up her license. And I think that was kind of like the death knell because we have to feel useful and like we have influence in our lives. If we don't have influence anymore in, in our lives and in the world, why be here? You just get to that point. I've watched it repeatedly over my time working with seniors. And that's another thing I try to get across to the youngsters who are coming up in the field because they need to understand that without a reason to live, we're not probably going to. And unfortunately, my sister got to a point where she couldn't really do much of anything for anybody else other than talk every once in a while. And she lived in filth, Mm -hmm. almost like a hoarder, but it was a hoarder of filth more than anything else. And we've all tried in the family to get her help. She would refuse it, hands down. I even went to the Adult Protective Agency and they said, if she knows what day it is and who the president is, we can't do anything for her. I said, well, she's not stupid. (laughs) She knows. who's who and what date it is. And they said, then we can't do anything. It's her choice. Wow. And so we all had to back off and she sucked that stuff in every day. And it was, I figured that was her passive way of saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I can't physically do suicide to myself because her, her children already lost their father that way, Mm -hmm. which is what I told her when she approached me. I said, no, you can't do that to your kids. You just can't. And when she talked to her older son, he said, <laughs> he said hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, her only choice then was to do a passive one. And I think that was her way of going. And she was in many, many surgeries. And somehow mm. she met so many times. I was absolutely amazed. I just, I, I really
0: believe we need to do a better job of caring for our, our elderly. We, we just aren't. I recently talked with a woman who was considering, and I'm I'm pretty sure she's probably actively in the process right now, of doing something called voluntarily stopping eating and drinking. Yeah. It's actually like a movement thing that, that people will do. And we were together at a, a session where the, the speaker was the husband and daughter of somebody who had done that and they described exactly how it was and and what happened and it actually sounded pretty good because it it sounds like starving to death sounds like torture to me but they said after the first few days all that goes away and they were almost euphoric for the rest of their lives they were communicating better everything felt better they weren't in pain and it was just a they felt it was a pleasant way to go but we don't tell anybody about this. And so people who might have benefit or might benefit from it don't have any idea that it's it's something that they can do. And
1: seniors don't feel hunger and thirst the same way as you. No, family. they don't. So it might actually be a good thing. I know when we went to my mother's hospice years ago, the doctors were basically not letting her have anything to drink. And we got in there and... My mother kept having ice. Oh, poor baby. We figured she's already in hospice. We're going to mm-hmm. give her ice. Mm-hmm. But we gave her ice and she was so happy. <laughs> and then, you know, because we were all there, she became ravenous all of a sudden. And my, my ex-husband was cooking eggs and whatever. And she just ate up a storm. It was probably one of the last meals she had but she just it was like the lights were turned on again for just a little bit yeah and she came back to us back she was all worried about what was going to happen to dad afterwards we assured her dad will be taken care of and dad's a whole nother story (laughs) but she went just a little what maybe a week after we all left It wasn't long, and in the middle of the night, we got a call from the caregiver saying that she was going, and if we wanted to say goodbye, now was the time. So I spent, I told her, well, just hang in there, hang up. I'll call my siblings and shuffle them in there to you. And It took a lot to get my sister because she wasn't answering her phone, but her husband finally answered his phone. So we got my sister talking to my mom, and then I called my brother. For whatever reason, my brother, I just don't think he was ready to face all that because he would not talk to her. He kept saying, you go first, Linda. I said, I talked to her yesterday when the kids got married, and I told her, even though she wasn't talking back, I told her, what they were married now and blah, 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 and he just kept insisting so I finally said okay because we're wasting time here (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I called her and I was the last one to talk to her just before she died and my brother called right after that but he was talking to whatever. (laughs) Yeah
0: it's I I think the the point here is that we all need to pay attention is see what, what actual needs are and how we best can help people and how we can how when they need to be left alone and when they need to have somebody there and when they need to be touched to touch them in whatever way we can. Well, this has been very interesting conversation today. And I'm hoping that lots of people read your book because it's, it's powerful. And it's, it's something that I think caregivers as well as therapists can, can get a lot out of because you, you can, Think about things that you may not have even considered before. So it's a a really good thing to have. So tell us how we can get your book.
1: It's on Amazon, but if you want, you can go to my website, which is loveyourlongevity.com. And there you can see interviews about the book. You can read the Amazon reviews. And I put them on the website, because I was finding that Amazon wasn't letting people put their credentials. Hmm. So, so yeah, Yeah, weird. So I put them on my website and then added their credentials so that people would know who was saying these things about the book. It was just too weird. I don't know why. And I had one person who couldn't get a review on at all. And I don't know why. I may ask her to try again. She runs the oldest and largest chain of massage schools here in California. And mm, twice, maybe three times a year, I will do now a a Zoom with her new client, her new students coming in. She doesn't teach senior massage as such, but she's trying to use me as her new authority on it and to introduce her students when they come into this particular part of massage. That's wonderful. Yeah, because there aren't that many schools that include it, even though baby boomers like me are here. And I'm sorry, but you guys didn't put it together fast enough. (laughs) That's (laughs) too many industries. They didn't Mm -hmm. get it. That's right. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do to help people feel so much better either directly or indirectly by teaching people how to do that too so thank you very much for that and thank you for being here today grateful to have you here thank you thank you so much okay and um, i'll see my audience again next week thank you so much for listening to us do you want more comfort support and happiness join the grief and happiness alliance